Welcome to the Rosenfeld Review, where we're just a bunch of blind men trying to figure out that elephant together. And uh, I am so happy. Uh, I have my friend Steve Krug, who um, doesn't really uh, uh, need an introduction, but I'll give him one anyway. I mean, uh, he has... Um, well, we're going to talk about his, about books, and, and most people know Steve because he uh, wrote uh, Don't Make Me Think, which is the, the best-selling book in our industry, and I can guarantee you it has impacted many of us. I know that in terms of publishing, Steve, uh, our books were, you know, we, I hired the designer uh, uh, <laughs> that you were using and the editor at a point, and, you know, I figured... Uh, well, my user research suggests that the favorite book in the field is Don't Make Me Think. And so Rosenfeld Media Books uh, have a lot of uh, your DNA in them. But then uh, you wrote um, Rocket Surgery, which both books now in second edition or have any of them made it to third yet? Uh, don't, don't Make Me Think is in third. Uh, and the third is kind of showing its age at this point. But yes, Don't Make Me Think is in third. And um, Rocket Surgery, was, uh, I haven't done a second edition yet. But it's much newer. It's only like six years old. Right. Well, let, let's let's talk about books and um, okay. how, you know, they're, I mean, you know, I know you are always thinking about what to write about next. And uh, I hope you'll, you'll share some of your ideas today. And I know as someone who has myself said, I'll never do that again. <laughs> um, I've done it again and again, and yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think I'm done because uh, it's it's better to make other people write books than to do it yourself. Oh yeah. Um, but um, it's this weird kind of wait. Like, what next? You did that book. We expect you to not only, you know, keep that, ma improving that book, making new editions, being ready to. Uh, explain what you said on page 76 at a drop of a hat at the next right. conference, but you're right. going to do some great thing um, on the horizon. And it's, it's, it, can we, is that re realistic? Is it, um, is it feasible? Is it, uh, is it fair? Oh, oh, I hope so. <laughs> I have some things I'd like to do. <laughs> uh, which at this point even include, I, and I never thought I would say this, but I kind of kind of like the idea of doing new editions of both of the old books because I, I after you know I resisted it diligently um, every time, but but uh, eventually get around to it. And but this time I was kind of like, uh, yeah, maybe I really never have to do that again. But then sort of surreptitiously, something things crept into the back of my head where I sort of realized what I could do mm -hmm. and that, that, that it was probably worth doing some of those things. So against my better judgment, you know, I'm like torn with the possibility of maybe getting around to doing new additions. Uh, but it's a dreadful prospect. I mean, cause for me, writing is a mostly a dreadful prospect. A lot of writing is a dreadful prospect. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, that's the thing. Like I, I was just, I've been in this, this mode, last uh, month or two of slipping in time to write up writing advice uh because right. I uh, yeah, yeah I, I just wrote another article <laughs> yesterday i haven't published it yet but it's basically about how to deal with getting unstuck and and using different types of pivots to to get yourself uh 
to keep yourself from just abandoning things altogether and then having to, you know, start over again practically from scratch three weeks later. So, um, but, you know, I, I'm writing this piece and I'm, I'm starting it off by saying, well, you know, as it, you know, you've heard that writing a book is horrible and terrible and lonely and depressing and, and, and you know, your marriage will fall apart and all these things. Well, you know, whatever you've heard, it's worse. <laughs> and I, I, you know, here I'm writing this and I'm thinking, why would anyone really want to do this? And yet here, I think um, you're on the verge, right? I'm I'm more than on the verge. I mean, you know, you know, we've talked about this a little bit in the background because I sort of it's kind of like back in in college when I w was into filmmaking and animation, and one of the things that we sort of quickly learned was that if you talk too much about this little film that you want to make, you won't get around to making it. Mm -hmm. And so I sort of have resisted talking too much about, but for, for, I've been, you know, I've been for like five or six years, maybe even longer. I've thought about and made notes to myself about writing a book about writing. Um, the, the elevator pitch probably is I've spent most of my professional life writing in one form or another or at least it's been a big part of everything that i've done and uh and i've always hated it <laughs> there's there's more to that than there's there's there, there's more yeah to let, let's get to that in a little it, while but, because i think your hatred but, is very different than my hatred yeah yeah uh, yeah and my hatred is even nuanced in the sense that i i, I figured out only in the last couple of years something very important about my hatred of writing um we can get to that but 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 um uh, basically, I've spent a lot of time trying to talk people out of writing books. I have to admit. I mean, it's kind of like. Um, would, what do you think is worse? Is is is? Would you think it's more important to talk someone out of writing a book or getting a PhD? <laughs> or getting a getting a what? A PhD. A PhD. Uh, uh, wait. More important. What's worse, getting a, writing a book or getting a PhD? Oh, getting a PhD. I have no idea about getting a PhD because I never, it's kind of like I was the one kid in Catholic school who like never wanted to be a priest. And I'm sort of the one person I know in, in you know, in college who like knew I was never going to get a degree beyond a bachelor's, you know. It's like, so I've never, I've, I've watched people from a distance struggle through PhDs and it seems like it's, a, a, a miserable thing it seems like the, the 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 thesis part of it is is a miserable thing but um but i have no you know i think it's apples and oranges i think comparative pain is like a fool's errand to begin <laughs> with so they're both i guess really bad so i try to talk people out of getting phds you try to talk people out of writing books yeah i do because well because i get people asking me about writing yeah. books you know and nobody asks me about whether they should get a phd <laughs> so why do you tell them not to write a book Oh, I basically say, you know, if you really, really want to do it, uh, then I wouldn't try to talk you out of it. But you have to know that it's going to take a year, unless you're a very different kind of person, it's going to take an actual calendar year out of your life, and it's not going to be a pleasant year. Mm -hmm. You know, so you have to know that going in and don't trick yourself and think, well, I can get it done in less than that. Um so you kind of have to be aware of that and you have to be and, and you know and then the question is do well do you enjoy writing at all and if you don't then it's going to be a really miserable year and the worst thing is that you may enjoy writing but you've never written a book and you don't realize it you know they're right. not the same thing 
Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's for me, that's the year business. I yeah. say, you know, you haven't really haven't written anything to actually the thing it's just writing the thing took a year out of your life. And I kind of sometimes I, I if, if I feel like they're, you know, really should be talked out of it from the hints they're giving, I'll, I'll equate it with the the machine in the Princess Bride, the torture machine that like sucks years out of your life, you know, for, for every 10 seconds. So is that the opening uh, a scene in chapter one of the book on writing, which is, oh, you know, <laughs> you better know what you're getting yourself into. <laughs> well, no, because it, it, it isn't because, because I, I, I don't know if I've shared this publicly, I've shared it with friends, but, but the, 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 the title of the book is um, writing made slightly easier. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's writing made easier with, the word slightly written in mm-hmm. as a copy editor's, um, you know, edition. And, and it's because I feel like what I'd like to do it for is I feel like so many people are have to write, you know, they're stuck writing. It's written for people who are stuck writing, um, whether they, whether they like it or not, whether, you know, whether they're in high school or college or professionally, they have to write or they have to write, you know, thank you notes to relatives or whatever, but you, you are in a position where you have to write and you're not necessarily that happy about it because you find that it's not that easy. And so I have spent, you know, 50 years or whatever, uh, 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 finding writing really hard and, um, and at the same time being lazy. Uh, well, and lazy as it, we may discuss lazy is probably not the right word, but, but feeling lazy. Um, and so always trying to find things that might make it less painful, might make it easier and better and less painful. And I feel like I've learned some things along the way. So I felt, feel like there's a couple of things that I could actually try to explain. And I will say in my own, you know, whatever, uh, I will say I'm pretty good at explaining things. So uh, I, I think it would be fun to come up with the explanations and it would be helpful to convey some of some of what i think i've learned and i imagine it's really really not trying to talk people it's not trying to talk people out the book is going to not be trying to talk people out of writing at all it's it's you've got to write so so here's how to survive it a little better and and to to produce it a little better so is that the book actually i find i use huge breakthrough you would appreciate this i'll tell you the whole story someday huge breakthrough where i had a table of contents breakthrough Mm-hmm. Where, where after agonizing over the table of contents for a long time, um, finally realized that I could break it down into two parts, and that it worked really well. Uh, and that was it was it was like it was like gold, you know. It was it was like I was wandered into a uranium mine with a lead suit on, and, and it was there was just diamonds lying around. It was so the two parts are basically um, making making it easier for your on your reader and making it easier on yourself. Mm. So part, part of good writing is making it easy on your reader. And that's kind of one of the things I feel like I've always been able to do, which is one of the things people, one of the nice things is that people, the nice things that people say about don't make me think are exactly the things that I think are good about it. And that I'm really glad that people find good about it. And one is that yeah, it's very easy to read. And that doesn't mean it's dumb. No doubt. That, doesn't, that doesn't mean it treats the reader as though they're dumb. I think there's a lot of information in it, but it's easier to read. So, so, so anyway, so, so no, I'm not in the business of trying to talk people out. I'm trying to business of 
trying to make it easier on them and make it a better experience for well, the reader. You know, and I, I, it's so funny that um, you, you put it that way. I mean, in this this little thing I was drafting yesterday, I found myself talking about and actually like very concretely pointing out the difference between the writer's journey and the reader's journey. Oh, there you go. And yeah. um, they are tied, obviously, but right. um, they are not the same thing. No. And I think it's really important for, for anyone writing to, to keep those points separate. And that's about as far as I got. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you, you, you'll take it a lot further. Um, uh, you know, in well, your, I've, already, I've already spent like five years working on it, so for, probably, yeah. Well, and then there's also going to be that chapter on procrastination, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, um, but... Uh, um, you you um, have a lot of help you're going to offer to to the to the reader in terms of helping them uh, take care of themselves while they're writing. How much of of your advice does not involve tricking oneself, deluding oneself, hypnotizing oneself, or otherwise uh, fooling oneself? It's, it's a good question, I, and I I would I would uh, I would uh, offer a modification into the record, an amendment to the record that that. I'm I'm hoping that that I can offer some advice. Part part of getting around to writing the book was kind of trying to get to the point where I thought I actually had enough to, things to say that might actually be uh, helpful to some people, um, and I have sort of achieved critical mass with that after years. Uh, where I feel like I, they're, they're, I have some of what I have to say. I, I haven't tested any of it. I haven't tested any of this advice. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't done the usability test. Um, and that, that, has, that should happen soon. But I, I, I have this strong internal belief that, that, it's, that I have some, some things to say that will be helpful. So um, but what was the question that I just strayed from? It was... Oh, just about how much of the advice is... is... Oh, involves is, is, involves is a diluting oneself versus solution. just yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I that's interesting I, I I don't feel like any of it involves diluting oneself uh, I, I, yeah in fact I, I I can understand the temptation to to for for things like that to emerge but as I think about it I I think I I th don't think I go there really. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, some of it's, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. I, I would imagine it's also not very faith-based. Faith-based? Yeah, like oh, you just gotta believe in yourself as a writer. Oh, oh, <laughs> I thought you meant like a the, higher power. The Disney version of uh, <laughs> of of your book. <laughs> the the thing, the one reason our American society is is, is where it is now. There's too many Disney shows in our youths telling us we just had to believe in ourselves. It's Whoa. the one huh. reason the world is a shitty place. <laughs> See, and I think it's Facebook. So, so we're kind of well. Mark Zuckerberg believed in himself. Point, point different. <laughs> That's true. That was one. Of, that that was probably where we went wrong. Yeah. Well, that's uh, a good point uh, at which we should take a quick break. Okay. And uh, I'm talking with Steve Krug. And you're listening to the Roosevelt Review. We'll be right back. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you want more, not only do we have a whole bunch of podcasts in our archive, but we have something that's very current, very alive, and very engaging for groups. And that is our communities. Rosenfeld Media runs a variety of communities that meet on a monthly basis for video conferences on a variety 
variety of topics near and dear to UX people, ranging from enterprise experience to advancing research to design and research operations. I want to encourage you to join one of our communities. Again, it is free by going to rosenfeldmedia.com communities. Not only will you get a monthly video conference that you can listen in on and participate in, ask questions and so forth, we'll give you access to the recordings. And uh, for some of those communities, we're talking about dozens of recordings with really interesting presenters and facilitators. You'll also get a newsletter. You'll get access to an advice columnist. Yes, we actually are providing advice columnists for each community. And finally, if you're interested in our conferences, our communities correspond to our conferences. So you will be the first to know when programs, uh, when programs go live, uh, when tickets go on sale, and by the way, most of our conferences sell out, and other good things about our conferences, such as uh, when the scholarship applications open up. So go to rosenfeldmedia.com communities. You're gonna find something that's free, something that's interesting, and it's a great opportunity to find your tribe as well. We'll see you there. Welcome back to the Rosenfeld Review. My guest is Steve Krug, um, who I've just, um, I'm so happy to have you on the show, Steve, because any opportunity I get to spend time with you is just the best thing. Um, Steve and I have been friends for, well, I think we met in 99, thereabouts, when we both uh, spoke at Dartmouth, thanks to uh, Sarah Horton. Yep. And yep. Uh, maybe it was 98, I don't recall. I, I think it was actually 2001, because I think I had already done some really unsuccessful workshops. Oh, okay. And that's what yeah. we ended up doing because I was yeah. on the Nielsen Norman tour and you liberated right. me. You said, why don't we just do them ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. Jacob doesn't need 85% of the net. Right. <laughs> and, and then we, and then we did it really the smart way, more or less. We did everything ourselves and kept all the money. That was a really, that was like. I know it's the kind of, it's the kind of idea. model that a, 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 a modern day publisher hates, but that's another yeah. story. Um, yeah, we we would uh, a, a, we we basically did a tour and we barnstormed. I like to put it that way. Up to six right. cities a year, where you would do a day and I would do a day, or vice versa. Right. And, and we, we found the venue. We found the venues and we collected the money and we and had a, and then we <laughs> would have a steak. Did everything and we would have dinner. We would be on consecutive days, so on the night of the first day, we would have dinner together. It was great. It was almost always a steakhouse. I'm a Cormix and Schmicks. Cormix and Schmicks. Yeah, if yeah. even still around. Yeah. And uh, and I miss those days, and yeah. I miss traveling, and I miss hanging out with you. So um, yeah. I'll, I'll I know. Just... I, I I I enjoy. It. We haven't done this for like five years. Um, yeah. Our last last podcast, and and it's the kind of thing where. You know, there are times when I feel like, oh, we should do this every week. We should have like, you know, 20 minutes a week when we just get on and like kick something around. So. Well, <laughs> they, 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 they have the technology now. I know. I know. But let's talk. I know, I know. Let's talk so, books, right, though. We got we to get back, back to the book books. thing. Yeah, right. yeah. And so um, the writing book. Uh, were were we going to get to the procrastination chapter? We're going to save yeah, it for another time. We, we, no, we could do that. I think we could do that. The writing book. I, I refer to well, you, the, the, a little bit of backstory. I, I refer to. I think in my last email, I referred to it to you as the purported writing book, uh, <laughs> or sometimes the supposed writing book, or the erstwhile. The erstwhile. The erst. No, erst, because erstwhile doesn't mean what I always thought it meant. Uh oh. And now I can't remember what it means. But I looked it up like a month ago, and it was like, oh. 
that's what it means. Um, but yeah, because I would use it in that same context. But now I know it probably doesn't mean what. Maybe I, should as, be earned erst when, as they say in in the Princess Bride again. Uh, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Um, the uh, but anyway, purported in the sense that I've been working. I ha literally have been sending myself notes by email because it's the easiest way for me to keep notes and know that I'll have them someplace where I can search them, find them, whatever. And I can take them from any place. I can take them on my phone. I can take them on. And so I've been doing that for years and thinking about it. And, um, but I don't have a, I don't have a deadline. We can talk about deadlines in the context of, of, uh, of uh, procrastination. I don't have a deadline. I don't have a, I don't have a schedule. I, I just, I, I have just been enjoying working on it. And like two years ago, I actually made a lot of progress. I spent a lot of time uh, pre-COVID. I had just spent like a lot of time that whole year um, uh, pounding on it and working on it, which I hadn't been doing before. Um, and then since then, I've had had a lot of other things I had to do. And so I have not been pounding on it. I'm looking forward to getting back to it. But the interesting thing is it's it's I have enjoyed working on it <laughs> the whole time. You know, it's like every time I start working on it, I enjoy it and I come up with good stuff and I feel good about it. And um, so, uh, and part of that is that I don't have a deadline and I don't have any, uh, it's, it's beholden to nobody. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that sort of helps for me, but also mostly that I'm just really interested and I think it would be a really, really good thing. I, you know, I've had a couple of people say, yeah, I'd really uh, you know, like to read it. And I say, yeah, I, I would too. I'm really looking forward to it. So, um, so, but it's been in the works, you know, for a long time. And uh, my stated uh, uh, um, deadline for it is um, while I still have enough brain cells left to get it done. You know, that's so like, this that's is, <laughs> this is very contrarian. All right. I mean, the, the, the standard advice is you need a deadline to get stuff done. Right, and deadlines have never worked for me. In fact, in the if we turn to the if we turn to my eighty-page draft for the twelve for the maximum twelve-page chapter on procrastination, the the opening quote because it has same style as "Don't make me think," which is great. It's it's that's one bit of advice. If you can write to if you can write to a template, do it. Mm -hmm. yeah, if you got a good template, write to that template because it saves you the saves you making decisions. Uh, and so I'm writing the same template, in fact, same page layout, same everything as mm -hmm. I think, which I also used for rock surgery. And each chapter, uh, as 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 our as our uh, earlier readers may recall, starts with a quote. And the quote for the for the um, procrastination chapter is, "I love deadlines. I love the whooshing noise they make as they go by," <laughs> which is, is attributed to Douglas Adams. Who wrote, I was going to uh, say, "How to be Douglas galaxy. Adams." <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> Douglas Adams is like our most famous and beloved procrastinator. He was like nine years late on his second book. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. I, just, I don't I, know why I'm I laughing. That, I'm a publisher, quote. Steve. This I love that quote. And, and I know, I know, I know I shouldn't be, shouldn't be saying these things. But, but I love that quote because it's kind of, I, I have never, I'm a t I have lifelong been a terrible procrastinator and, and deadlines. Uh, deadlines have have had impact on me in that in that they make me um in that i historically miss them and then the pressure 
ratchets up significantly. Mm -hmm. And once the once the uh, pressure ratchets up significantly, I do get more done at that point. But only only when the when the when the pressure has increased. When I feel like I'm just like failing people miserably and and they have a date they have uh you know a date set with the with the printer you know and mm -hmm. if they don't have if they don't have my pages by date x then really bad things will happen oh and so you it, you still have to feel crappy somewhere in this whole process oh oh yeah 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 even when you're enjoying writing the book well i don't know i mean this time i haven't felt crappy yet and maybe i can get through this book without feeling crappy uh, hmm. uh I, I i have evolved i have evolved somewhat and and in point of fact one of the things that evolved was i used to t tell people how much i hated writing i used to you know say yeah you know it's like i really hate writing the unfortunate part is i seem to be able to do it well uh and 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 i i, I really thought i hated it and i used to say you know i really understand why writers are famous for, for being alcoholics and why you, you know, from my perspective, why you wouldn't want to write unless you had some kind of gun, whether it's metaphorical or otherwise held to your head, you know, in some fashion, because I find it so hard and so painful and so unpleasant. But what I realized was about three or four years ago, it suddenly, suddenly one of those light bulbs went off my head where I realized was I didn't actually hate the writing that much. What I hated was the procrastination. Mm -hmm. And for me, most of the experience of writing was procrastination, <laughs> you know? So that's a horse of a different color. Uh, and that actually helps some. To accept uh, the fact that procrastination is a part of the writing process. For me, yeah. I think for most people, I think that's yeah. the problem. We, we, we feel bad when we procrastinate. We're not really right. procrastinating. At least we, this is where self-delusion may be helpful. But if we delude ourselves into yeah. the idea that, you know what, I, I got to let it cook in my subconscious. I got to let, you know, this idea kind of be noodled around uh, while I'm sleeping or out for a run or whatever it might be. Uh, it's not going to, it's going to, you know, it's going to get here when it gets here. And, and that's, that's absolutely, see, the, we got to differentiate there, though. That, that's absolutely true. And it's part of what I, you know, will write about in, in the writing book is, is that whole idea of the need to the need for pondering time, the need to take a stab at things and then get distance from them, uh, and you need that you need that kind of time. Uh, it's crucial, uh, and it's kind of the only way to to write at, at all well. But the problem is that the pondering time and the, and, and you know is not necessarily the same as the procrastination time. Mm. You know, I mean, you can be you can be I can be procrastinating by watching as i've have seemed to favor at the moment by watching uh, episodes of law and order suv <laughs> yes svu go, I, yeah svu sorry yeah, uh, yeah right, i don't know uh, i mean there's so S many S variations S of that yeah, show there, it could be yeah and there are a lot of great joke variations on law and order um and uh svu and uh, years ago, I used to watch uh, Law and Order and uh, the original Law and Order. I used to watch The West Wing and whatever. And, and, and you know, that was a procrastination activity for me. But the fact is, when I'm watching um, Law and Order SVU, I am not pondering. I am not. Uh, it, the stuff is not going on in the background. Ah, but I have, I have a hack for you. 
Yeah. <laughs> what you do <laughs> is yeah. give yourself a question to ponder, then you turn yeah. on the TV. Let your subconscious okay. work on it while you're watching your favorite show. I I, I can then, see that. Yeah. I yeah. can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Um, wow. But for me, procrastination, <laughs> procrastination is so, it's so, it's so hardwired. And so, uh, uh, you know, and, and I, I, the, the fact is I, I, you know, I have probably 20 books on procrastination. Uh, for years I had, uh, like three or four. And then when I decided I was actually going to write, at first I wasn't going to write anything about procrastination for this book because, in fact, I start the chapter on procrastination by explaining why I originally didn't intend to write anything. And part of it is because I'm so bad at it. Mm. You know, I have the, the old joke where if you look in the dictionary under procrastination, you find a picture of me. It's like, it's just lifelong. I was really bad at it. So I'm like the last person in the world who should be giving any kind of tips or advice on it. But the fact is, I, I, have learned some things over the years. And, and since I started trying to write this chapter, I've learned a lot more. I've understood a lot more. And one of the main things I understood was uh, you're not going to fix it. If, if procrastination is a problem for you, one of the first things you have to understand is you are not going to fix it. You odds are, you are probably always going to procrastinate and it is to some extent always going to be a problem for you. And you have to get past that notion mm -hmm. uh, because that it's a destructive notion, you know, it's, it's, uh, but you can improve it dramatically. You know, you can make it much less problematic for you. Uh, and I have uh, abstracted from reading 20 books or at least reading the first few chapters of 20 books about procrastination. I have extracted uh, what I think are the most useful uh, things to understand about it and things you can try. Uh, and I think it will be good. In fact, I've toyed with the idea of actually just going ahead and doing a like 40 page um, booklet on the procrastination chapter and publishing that first. Uh, Cause I think it actually would be so, pretty good. And, and, and you useful. know, writing a book about writing, you know, certainly carries the, the high risk of being, uh, oh, so meta. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. that's different. I imagine than working on, uh, don't make me think or rocket surgery made easy. Um, how does that impact your writing? Um, it's, it's, it's not, it's not, um, that meta because, uh, in, in figuring out what to say, I'm just like digging in on, you know, personal experience, mm -hmm. you know, and saying, okay, think about this. Think about think, you know, for instance, here's a topic, clarity, you know, how do you, how do you write with, what does clarity mean? Clarity. I mean, for me, clarity is like the paramount characteristic of good nonfiction writing, you know, is clarity, but what does clarity mean and how do you achieve it? You know, how do you, how do you get more clarity? And so thinking about things like that, I, um, it's, it's um, both, I feel like I know a few things about it, but also it's one of those things where there are all these topics where I felt like, oh, I'm gonna have to spend like a week thinking about that. 
mm. you know, uh, and it would be a really interesting and fun week uh, to, to spend. Uh, and I kind of know how to do that. I kind of know how to do that kind of digging in, um, which is mostly, you know, being loose about it. As you said, you've got you've to have some pondering time. You've got to raise some questions for yourself and then think about them in the background and in the shower. And, but it's also, uh, how do you ask yourself the, the, the right kind of questions that keep you uh, thinking it through? You know that may give you, allow you to make progress thinking it through, um, and since since not you know I mean one of the problems one of the things about non nonfiction writing is oh, what some people don't understand is that it's it's mostly thinking, <laughs> you know we think it's we think it's we think it's word finding, you know people think it's word finding, and uh, and syntax and and paragraph structure you know, uh, and and outlining. And all of those things are, are, are useful and you have to do all of them, but mostly it's about thinking. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why it's so hard to do because, because thinking is hard. I think, you know, I think thinking clearly is hard. I think we're nowhere near as good at it as we like to think. I, I, I think the evidence would, would fully support you. Um, well, you deal with this. You de you're dealing with this constantly. Oh you, my God. Your authors, you know, oh my God. Like, it's like, uh, no, they're, they're, they're good sports. And, uh, oh yeah, uh, no, and no. And, 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 and the yeah, good news no, is they I, tend to be much smarter than I am. So, and I know, oh, well, yeah, well, there's, you know, it's yeah. like, uh, well, well, we'll let that go. But, 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 but also you're, very, you're, very, you're, you're by your nature, you're very good about it. I mean, I know this from your nature, but I also know it from having dealt with some of your, some of your authors, you know, it's like, it's like they can't do better than you. Um, uh, and you can, you can poo-poo that if you want. Go ahead. Uh, well, uh, but, I'll just but, change but, the subject. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I have... Deflect, one, deflect quick. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, ju uh, judo. Um, beat so, you, beat you. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite thing is in, in the... in the, uh, uh, the for, It was in the first or second Gru movie. I don't think it was in the Minions movie. Where it's Despicable Me, if you're wondering where, at home. Yeah, Despicable Me. Where, where there, something catches fire. And one of them comes in like on a tricycle with a with uh, a uh, fire extinguisher and a fireman's hat, and he's going be you, be you, be you. <laughs> for some reason. I find that hysterical. Anyway, well, so, uh, uh, so be you, be you. Yes, yes. Um, oh yeah. So uh, one one last question before we uh, we run out of time here in the studio. Oh, no, we're out of time. Uh, we're getting there. Um, the uh, you made reference to this earlier about. Yeah the effortlessness of reading and, yes. you know, this sort of frictionless reading and how, how much work it is to write that. Yeah. And how do you, I mean, I mean, you know, like I, I, I know having witnessed you and the, the throes of getting camera ready copy uh, right. uh, for your publisher and uh, you know, it, it's, I don't know if there's a question in there as much as uh, what, what's your advice or, or what or is it? Don't try this at home or no, 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 no. I mean, you mean effortless, eff less effort, not effort, for the reader, less, they always be, but less effort for the reader. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, your books yeah. are really, really easy and enjoyable and, to read. And I, and I don't and know I, if people recognize how hard it is to get there. Well, that's one, of the, that's actually one of the easier places where I feel like I have some actual advice to offer. 
on how to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the that's the easier part, I think. Uh, you know, for instance, uh, I I have some I think legitimate tips and things that I've that I've always done or learned to do over the years. So th- th- uh, and the book sort of amounts to things I wish somebody had told me, you know, for, 40 years ago. Or mm-hmm. And one of them is um, don't be afraid to always start at the beginning. You know, don't be afraid to always uh, drop back further in your explanation than you want to. So to assume that your reader knows less than rather than more mm-hmm. uh, and to, to, to uh, you know, to do that basically um, so that people are not lost and nobody's lost in the beginning, you know, nobody's lost at the beginning of this section or this chapter or whatever. Um, uh, and that it doesn't mean to realize that that doesn't mean oversimplifying and it do- certainly doesn't mean talking down to people. Right. It it's part of clarity, you know. It's like, and w- one of the things I think I said in 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 uh, in don't make me think was, um, people are never offended by a clear, simple explanation of something they already know. You know, uh, it's like you're not going to offend the people who already know this stuff if you are clear about it and you keep it as brief as possible. Um, they're actually going to appreciate reading a good explanation of it. And the people who aren't up to speed, which is going to be far more people than you think, you know, over the whole breadth of topics that you're going to cover, everybody's going to be behind the curve on some of those, some of those things and not know what you're talking about. Um, and that that's one of the things that makes it, makes it uh, easier for people to read. Um well, and so. you know, for the people who are familiar with the concept, they're probably grateful to have a clearer, uh, simpler, faster way to communicate it to other people. I, yeah, I I love reading a good, clear explanation, you know, of something that I already know. It 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 also gives me confidence in this people, who, this person who's talking to me. You know, well, Steve. Uh, they know you know, I, I I you know, no pressure, no rush. <laughs> it, yes. but i do hope you get it done soon and uh and I, do I hope too. You, you ring out every uh moment of writing pleasure you can out of the process thank and you it's, it's it's thank you not too long but long enough yeah no i i really i really do want to get it done i i i think it would be a very good thing and um i think i can manage to enjoy doing it so well b- before we uh we wrap um this this is the moment in uh, the Rosenfeld Review where um, I Are you ask asked you, me what my favorite. Yes, yeah, my your, favorite curse word is your curse. Well, actually, <laughs> it's funny because I know whom you're going to tag as as someone who deserves even more yes. attention. She already gets plenty, but oh man, if you want your favorite curse word, I can't think of a better person to <laughs> to help you out. <laughs> I know, I know. And she also she also. Uh, uh, has this thing that's part of her public persona about how much she drinks, <laughs> which know, is probably like talk, none in a reality. Her talk is about booze, and <laughs> and and I hope I'm not telling tales out of school, but I think it's mostly a sham. I mean, I, I think, think so. I think there have been periods in her life when that was true, but I do not think that's her current existence. But she still loves to talk about it. And you know, I mean, I've I've been to dinner with her, and I don't really remember. Her drinking more than me. In fact, yeah. I'm pretty certain yeah, it, would, it would surprise me. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not a big drinker. 
Right. But maybe in the spirit of uh, this podcast and the theme of procrastination, we should leave her name to another day. No, 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 that would be just too mean. That is not, that is not nice to the reader or a listener in this case. All right. So, uh, so, so uh, out with it. So, uh, it's, uh, Laura Klein who, uh, who I think it's probably at Laura Klein, who, who is one of the small number of people who I follow on Twitter. Uh, uh, mostly because uh, it takes me so long to figure out what people's tweets mean. I just like, you know, they, I'm old. It takes me forever to figure out what these tweets mean. And uh, so uh, I follow Laura because A, she does what I do. She's, you know, she's like, I really uh, am simpatico with almost everything she says about UX. And mm-hmm. and, and she's you know still working, consulting and teaching on it and whatnot. And uh, her books are really good. And um, but I follow her on Twitter because she's wicked funny. She's funny and she retweets funny stuff like consistently. L- Laura uh, fact, keeps me in stitches. In, f- in fact, one of them, one of them I hear, I wrote it down because I mentioned it to you the other day, uh, was apropos procrastination. Uh, one of my favorites was uh, something like, um, look, um, yesterday Laura left me a list of things to do today. Isn't that adorable? <laughs> 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 well, future, future Laura. She's also uh, a wonderful author, and she even wrote a book for Rosenfeld Media called "Build Better Products." Yep, and yep. Uh, you should. And she can highly, help you. highly recommended. Yeah. Well, see, thanks. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, you, glad, I'm glad you asked. No, this is so much fun, uh, folks. If uh, you want to get to know more about Steve, um, you can certainly buy his books. Don't make me think. And uh, rocket surgery made easy. You could learn more about him at sensible.com. Just redesigned it in the last year or so. Re- it's, redesigned it for the first time in twenty years. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's sharp. It's sharp, man. And uh, Steve's great to talk with you. Uh, let's do hey, it again soon. Always, always. All right, great. Cheers. Thanks. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Rosenfeld Review, brought to you by Rosenfeld Media. If you like our show, please subscribe and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. I'd love it if you tell a friend to have a listen. And check out our website for over 100 podcasts with other interesting people. You'll find them all at rosenfeldreview.com.